As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner. This is Thursday. And right now, every morning and all day long, my regular TV program is on the subject, how to keep the devil out of your life. So I said to Denise, to Paul, and to Joel, let's talk about that right now in Home Group because we can really explore this subject, and I hope that you're enjoying it. And please comment. I read all of your comments. Every morning when I get up, I go into the kitchen, I press the button on the coffee machine, I do my push-ups, I let the dog out. When the dog comes back in, our dog is so funny. I mean, she is so pre-programmed. She stands there when she wakes in, and she waits for me to bend over, scratch her on the back, and every morning, her name is Zhuzha. Our dog is a Sharpe. I say, Zhuzha, Jesus is Lord over this day, and I pat her on the head, scratch her under the neck, go get my cup of coffee, go to the room where I read my Bible, read my Bible, check my emails, pray, and then I read your comments on all our different social media, and I want to say thank you. Your comments mean so much to me. You say, do you really read all of them? I read all of them. I tell you that I do, and I really do, and I learn so much from your comments. So please comment tonight, and when we wake up tomorrow in our part of the world, I'll get up and I'll see your comments. But hey, Denise, welcome to Home Group. Thank you, Rick, and Home Group, welcome. It's going to be so good tonight, and we're so glad that you're with us. Paul, welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It is a privilege to be on the home group. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Mom, for letting me be here. I enjoy being here. It's our pleasure. And thank you for joining. We really do value your time. I know that you could be doing a lot of other things right now. Well, that's the truth. But you're with us right now, and please stay with us to the end. I know it'll be worth your time. And if you put effort into being with us you'll receive something from it. So let's be together right now. And Jesus is with us. That's the most important part. He is right here with us in our home group. He said, if two or three of you are gathered in my name, I'll be in the midst. He never said we had to be in the same room. All right, I've, I've got my tea. I know that my father's got some coffee. coffee. It looks like Joel's running out of coffee. I'll fix it. Okay, but get whatever it is you want to drink and just sit down in front of your device and enjoy this home group. Joel, welcome. Thank you. And I want to tell you, that study guide Dad just showed you is his notes from the TV program. This series has 10 programs, and those study notes are valuable. And they're free. They're free. You can go to renter.org right now and download them if you like. So you can go through this home, home, home group series with us. And I think those study guides are just packed with all these Greek words, many of them are over 100 pages long. I mean, they're really... The a, Greek words are 100 pages or the study guide? The study guide, of course, yes. And he just puts a lot of work into those and a lot of thought for you. And I think people are being blessed. Thank you, Joel. But I also want to tell you on Renner.org, you can order Last Day Survival Guide. This book is his dad's latest book. And it will help you guide yourself through these last days. At the end of each chapter, there are, there are action steps that will help you. The book is 496 pages. That's a lot of pages. It is. And Joel, I have to tell you. That book just flowed out of me, and I believe it'll really be a blessing to you. But for tonight, if you haven't downloaded your study guide, please do. And remember that we're offering the series that goes with it, 10 Parks, How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life, and Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. That's a little short read. 
And if you don't have Dress to Kill, this is one that you should order. But guys, we have so much to cover, I want us to jump right into it. All right. So I've got my study guide, and tonight I'm going to open to page 27. Now, we've been looking at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, where Peter says, Be sober, be vigilant. Remember what the word vigilant means? Build a barricade. There's somebody on the outside, evil, that's going to try to get on the inside. So be vigilant. Do everything you can to make sure that evil force never gets in. It means we have to be proactive to make sure the devil doesn't get into our finances or our marriage or our health. And the last program, we really talked a lot about open doors. Open doors and taking personal responsibility to close every door. But in 1 Peter 5, verse 8, Peter says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, and then he calls him the devil. But when you study the whole Bible, you find the Bible gives us 17 names to describe the devil and what he does in people's lives. And when you look at the whole spectrum of all of these names, ay, 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 then you understand why you need to keep him out. Now, just let me read you the list real quick, then I want us to go through all of these names tonight. This might be interesting to you. You'll really understand you have an adversary when you hear all these names that the Bible uses to describe the devil. Here they are, 17 of them. Number one, he's called Abaddon. What in the world does that mean? I'm going to tell you tonight. He's called the accuser. What does that mean? He's called the adversary. He's referred to as an angel of light. In Revelation 9-11, the devil's called Apollyon. What does that mean? I'm going to tell you. He's called Beelzebub. Ay, 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 that is such a horrible name. He's called Belial. Oh, when you understand that word Belial, it tells you how sick the devil is. He's called the devil. What does the word devil mean? He's called a dragon, the evil one, a murderer. He's called the prince of this world, the prince of the power of the air, a roaring lion, Satan. And when you come all the way to Revelation 12, verse 9, he's called that old serpent. 17 names for the devil in the Bible. So let's go through these one at a time, and we'll all comment as we go. But when we talk about the devil and the way he's described in the Bible, we're not talking about it to glorify him. Absolutely not. We're talking about it to know who our adversary is. Because if we have knowledge, then we can be prepared. Well, let me just tell you, when mom and I were kids, at Halloween, we all dressed up like the devil. We didn't take the devil serious. I can remember working for weeks, Denise, drawing on construction paper, jacket lanterns, witches, ghosts, goblins that I would paste all over the front window of our house. I bet you did it too when you were young. We didn't have a revelation that the devil was serious. We thought it was all a joke. My point is the devil is not a joke. We need to know what the Bible says about him. And if you understand all what we're going to discuss tonight, then you'll know why you need to make sure he never gets into your life. But let's look at it. Number one, Amen. he is called Abaddon. What in the world does Abaddon mean? Where is that? It's in Revelation 9, verse mm. 11. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I want to look at it. It says, And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. Oh, yes. But in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Well, Abaddon is the Hebrew equivalent of the word Apollyon. And the word Apollyon 
describes one that is destructive, one that destroys, one that wants to liquidate. That's the first thing we read about the devil. It's amazing. Which means he has a destructive bent. Everything in his nature is bent on bringing damage and destruction and desolation. That's what the names Abaddon and Apollyon mean. But hold on. In the Bible, he's also called Beelzebub. All over the Old Testament, he's called Beelzebub. Even Jesus refers to the devil as Beelzebub. Beelzebub was a god of Ekron. And what does the word Beelzebub mean? Okay, I'm going to read to you directly from my notes. Listen to this. The word Beelzebub was altered to Beelzebub, but it meant Lord of the Dunghill or Lord of the Flies. And in this, you have such a disgusting picture of the devil. Just like flies are attracted to manure, the devil and demons are attracted to stinking situations. Mm. Now, we talked yesterday about opening doors. When a believer walks in carnality, I truly believe he emits a spiritual smell that attracts demonic activity. An odor. An odor. Mm. A spiritual odor. And the demons smell it. And Jesus called him Beelzebub, a form of Beelzebub, Lord of the manure or Lord of the flies, which means when any person walks in deliberate carnality and they begin to be filthy in the way they think or they begin to do bad things, the devil can pick up on the smell of that and it attracts demonic activity. Is that amazing? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I heard Brother Copeland yesterday talking about the power of unforgiveness. And he said when somebody walks in unforgiveness, they give off a stench. It's the truth. But wait, he's also called Belial. Now, that's a very interesting word. In fact, that's used all over the Old Testament. It's even used in the New Testament. The word Belial is very much associated with the idea of Beelzebub. It describes something that is totally worthless, worthless which means there is no value in the devil whatsoever. He is totally worthless in God's opinion. He is Belial, worthless one. Wow. But hold on. In Revelation 12, verse 9, he's also called a dragon. Mm -hmm. A dragon. Listen to what it says. That great dragon was cast out, and that old serpent called the devil and Satan. Actually, in that verse, we have several names to describe the devil. He's called a dragon. He's called a serpent, he's called devil, he's called Satan, but right now we're focusing on the name dragon. But the word dragon and serpent here are used interchangeably, and it is a reference to Satan's twisted, demented, perverted nature, and by using both these names, dragon and serpent, it describes the devil like a deadly, poisonous, ready-to-strike-and-kill creature. That is his nature. Now, if we just stopped right there, this is already pretty bad. Abaddon, a destroyer. Apollyon, one that wastes and liquidates. Beelzebub, lord of the flies, lord of carnality, attracted to stinking situations. Belial, totally worthless. A dragon, a serpent, a creature that's ready to strike and kill. And we're not even halfway through the list. Paul, what do you think about all that? I'm trained to think about making things better, being productive. I'm trained to being 
be fruitful in life, be fruitful and multiply. I'm thinking of all these good things. And what you're describing is, is the complete opposite. It's total destruction. And, and there's no playing with this. Some people play with the idea of the devil, like he's not so bad, or he, you know, it's not such a big deal. And even the ideas like Halloween, they kind of diminish the idea and make you think that it could be even something to play with, or it could be even something cute. It's not at all. No, it's terrible. And, and it's very important that you have a good God and a bad devil, and it's a great God and a horrible devil. It's a God that wants to build you up and a devil that wants to tear you down. In fact, the devil is so bad that the next name is evil one. And we find that in Matthew 6, verse 13, where Jesus prays what we call the Lord's Prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus prayed that we would be delivered from the evil one. He said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's the King James Version. The Greek says, deliver us from the evil one. The word evil is the word poneros. It describes somebody that is so wicked that they are malevolent. You know, when somebody is malevolent, they are vicious. They do everything they can to hurt. But in John 8, 44, Jesus adds the next word, where Jesus calls him a murderer, mm. a murderer. Mm. Wow. Jesus said he was a murderer from the beginning. the beginning. And here we see the murderous nature of Satan that was first manifested as early as Genesis chapter 4 and verse 8, when the devil inspired Cain to slay his brother Abel from the very, very beginning, Satan was a murderer. murderer. And isn't it interesting that his first murdering was in a relationship. The devil is out to kill relationships. Yes, and we're in the middle of this conflict because God wants to build us up. He values us and the devil's trying to diminish what God values. He's trying to destroy us to get something against God. You know, and think about Cain and Abel. Here were two brothers. They got along fine until the devil got in the middle. Think how many siblings have been divided. It seems like their relationship has just come apart that's the work of the murderer. That's what the first thing he did when he got between Cain and Abel. But wait, let's go on. When you come to Ephesians chapter 2, he's called, the, I'm sorry, in John chapter 15, Jesus calls him the prince mm -hmm. of this world. Wow. The word prince is a term that refers to a real legitimate prince. It's a Greek word, archontas. It's the one who holds the first place or the highest seat of power. And now we find that Satan has a real domain. It's filled with demons, fallen beings. And Satan sits among them as the first. And he's called the prince of this world. The word world is the word cosmos. And oh, this is so important. The word cosmos describes culture. The devil works through culture. He has to have some kind of a puppet to work through. So he works through Hollywood. He works through film. He works through entertainment. He works through education. He works through the courts. He works through world systems. He really has no right to work in this world. He's a thief. So he has to find a door. It's what we talked about in the last program. And a major door that is open to the devil is culture. The word cosmos that is used here tells us this evil prince 
looks for a way to manipulate and wiggle his way into the world through different avenues in culture itself. I think that is amazing. Wow. What do you think of that, Joel? I'm thinking that the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. But the Bible says that he is under our feet. He is under our feet. But I also think it's very good for us to know who the enemy is. And these names describe how he acts, what his role is. And I think this is very educational. Thank you. Okay, well, let's go on. Ephesians 2.2. In Ephesians 2.2, the Apostle Paul says he's the prince of the power of the air. air. Well, that's different than the prince of this world. The word world, the word cosmos, describes world systems or culture. But Paul says in Ephesians 2.2, he's the prince of the power of the air. And we also know from Ephesians 6.12 that the devil has a real rank and file system to his kingdom, principalities and powers, the Bible says, in the air. The lower regions of the air, according to Ephesians 6 verse 12, are thickly populated with unseen spirits that Satan marshals against us for our destruction. That's why we need to put up a barricade to make sure they can't get into our life because once he trains them, he dispatches them. They are his troops. But then... We come to 1 Peter 5, verse 8, where we've already seen the devil is called an adversary. And the word adversary is the Greek word antidikas, which is really the word for a prosecutor, which means he's looking for a way to get in. Just like he is trying to work through culture, he's trying to find some crack to get in. He is looking for some violation that we commit in our life And when he finds it, he says, there it is. That's the door I'm looking for. And he uses that violation to penetrate our lives. And we saw in the last program, that's why Paul said in Ephesians 4, verse 27, don't give any access point to the devil. Close every door, close every window, seal every crack, because the devil's looking for a way to get in. He's looking for your violations. But wait, in 1 Peter 5, and verse 8, he's also called a roaring lion, a roaring lion. And I wanted to stop and pause here for a moment. When the devil first begins to attack you, he usually attacks the mind. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what I said earlier, the words war and warfare in the New Testament? They're Are usually connected to your mind. They're connected to the mind. The mind is where the devil really attacks. But, but, but you also just said that he's in the air. He's in the air. And, but but it's in the lower regions of the air. Lower, lower regions of the air, meaning somewhere he, around us. He's in our atmosphere, our environment. But the battle doesn't happen somewhere out there in the happens air. happens right here. It happens right here. You know, the reason that I wrote Dress to Kill is because back in 1991 when I wrote this, people, if you can believe it, were chartering airplanes to try to get as high up into the heavens as they could to do spiritual warfare because the Bible says that principalities and wicked spiritual wickedness in high places, people were holding prayer meetings on the 60th floor of buildings because they thought they had to get up in the air. That is just absurd. First of all, the word air in Ephesians 6 verse 12 describes the air below the mountaintops, not the air above the mountaintops. It's not the cosmos. It's not way out in the universe. It's the air below the mountaintops. These powers have been dispatched into our realm. And I say the highest place you need to be concerned about is your head. 
That's the high place you need to be concerned about. If you keep your head free of attacks, you're going to be in good shape. Mm -hmm. But if the devil gets in your head, this is the high place you need to be concerned about. You're in trouble. Because whoever controls your head will control your life. But here's why he's called a roaring lion. When the devil first begins to speak to somebody, he whispers. It sounds like a suggestion. might even sound like an idea. You may not even realize it's the voice of the devil. You might even think it's you. You might just think that it's a thought. But as time passes, the whisper begins to be repeated again and again and again and again. And the more you listen to it, the louder it gets. Until finally it gets entrenched in your head. And you're no longer listening to a whisper, but it is a roar in your head. He is a roaring lion. Is that amazing, Denise? Um, he has an intent to kill, steal, and destroy, like, like Joel said. He's, he is not playing around. He has a definite intent to be the adversary, to bring us down. Anything that's good, anything that is, bring, brings good, he's against it. And he wants to bring it down. Or steal it from your life. Then in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14, he's called an angel of light. He's an angel of light. Sometimes the devil is so deceptive that he shows up and tries to present himself as a good idea. He disguises himself. He doesn't always show up with a pitchfork and horns on his head. He shows up, it may sound like a suggestion, it may sound like something interesting, maybe a new consideration, light. You've got to be very careful what you're listening to. Know the source because the devil comes and even disguises himself like light. But hold on. Also, we read all over the Bible that he's called the devil. Diabolos. The word dia carries the idea of total penetration. The word balos can describe a net that catches you or to throw a ball. That's really the best. When you compound the two together, it is someone who strikes something and strikes something and strikes it again and again and again and again and again until dia, bam, he finally breaks through that object and penetrates and snares it completely. Which means the devil, when he begins speaking to you, he won't speak just once. He'll speak to you again and again and again and again and again and again and again. Just remember one drip of water has no power. But millions of little drips of water, one after another, after another, after another, after another, can beat a hole through stone. And the devil is so dedicated to taking people down, he'll drip on their brain again and again and again and again and again until dia he penetrates, seizes the mind, and takes them captive. Mm-hmm. That's really what the name devil means. In fact, really, if you understand it, the name devil is a job description. It describes how he functions. It is his mode of operation. Wow. Isn't well, that amazing? Rick, that's why it's so important that we cast down every thought, every ima- vain imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And when we hear those little thoughts, we don't need to ignore them. We need to cast them down. Because the devil's coming with another one. But if we stand our ground, if we resist him, he's going to flee from us. Well, there's multiple voices speaking to you all the time. You have to choose which voice you're going to listen to. 
Some people have been listening to the devil. They don't even know it's the devil. But, you know, God is speaking to you, and God's telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. The devil's speaking to you. He's telling you a lie. The Bible says that's every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So God says one thing. The devil says the opposite. God says you're whole. The devil says, no, you're not. You're sick. Look at yourself. God says you're righteous. The devil says, how could you even imagine that you're righteous? Look at how you've just behaved. He will oppose everything that God says. Both voices are speaking to you. You have to decide which one you're going to hear. Both the devil and God are after your head. Mm -hmm. Even God knows if he has your head, he'll have you. And the devil knows if he has your head, he'll have you. And you're, you're the game changer. You decide who gets the head. And which voice you listen to will determine who controls your mind. But let's go on. There's this one. is a lot of material. I'm telling you, it's a lot of material. This is just one chapter in this study guide. He is called Satan. In Hebrew, it is Shatana. But the word Satana, that's the Greek version, describes one who hates, one who accuses, and one who attacks with conspiracy which means he is so determined to take people down, he will conspire ways to take them down. Now, we have just looked at 17 names in the Bible to describe the devil. Let me read through them again. Abaddon, accuser. Adversary, angel of light. Apollyon, Beelzebub, Belial, devil, dragon, evil one, murderer, prince of this world, prince of the power of the air, roaring lion, Satan, serpent. All of that is how the Bible describes the devil. Now, did you hear anything positive or good in there? (laughs) Nothing at all, and I'm really glad we're talking about how to keep the devil out of our life, because this is definitely something that we'd want to keep out of our life, and we probably need to put as much effort into it as we possibly can. I didn't hear thief. Well, that's going to come in a coming program. Oh, and I didn't hear liar. Well, you know what, you guys? He's the father. Hey, listen to this. He's the father of all There's lies. There's more. He's a thief and he's a liar. Father of all lies. Hey. Instigator. I should have consulted with my family before I wrote this study guide. Home group. We're in a home, home group. group. <laughs> Isn't this funny? Yeah. He is a liar. Absolutely a liar. And he's a thief. And guess what? The word thief is in Greek. That's from John 10, verse 10. It's the word klepto. It's where you get the word for a kleptomaniac, which means he is so twisted, he just cannot, he can't restrain himself. Everything in his nature is to steal. He wants everything you've got. He doesn't want it because he needs it or wants it. He's just a kleptomaniac. He can't keep his hands in his pockets. If you have a job, he wants it. If you have a house, he wants it. If you have peace in your marriage, he wants the peace. If you have health, he wants it. He's just a kleptomaniac. Wow. Now, Peter says, be sober. The Greek word nepho. Be serious. Be vigilant. Gregorio build a barricade. There's a sinister force that's going to try to get on the inside. So be proactive. Make sure you build your wife life in a way that he can't get in even if he tries. Because your adversary, the prosecutor, he's a prosecutor. He's looking for a way to wiggle in. The devil, as a roaring lion, 
walks about seeking whom, whom, uh-oh, that means there's a target. Yes, you are the target. Whom he may devour, catapino, which means to slurp up. He doesn't just want your meat, he wants your juices. This is total liquidation. Now, that's why we need to keep the devil out of our lives. If he's already gotten in, you can get him out. You can. If you need somebody to pray with you for that to happen, call us. We'll pray with you. But better to make sure he never gets in. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're discussing this in home group. And guys, we're out of time. This just went like that tonight. blue. Oh, we love to be with you. Thanks for being with us. But we're going to come back tomorrow night and we're going to pick up right here. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.